0: These days, there are so many things keeping us busy and distracted, whether it's social media or the daily demands of life, it's easy to lose our connection to the present moment. But when our minds are always anywhere but here, we can miss out on the beauty, the people and the miracles that are all around us. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about how we can slow down and connect to the present moment and why it's so important for us to do that if we want to have a relationship with God. We'll explore the biblical story of Moses and the burning bush and discover why the moment we are in right now is the key to unlocking our best lives. The book of Exodus begins by telling us how the children of Israel went from being welcomed guests in Egypt to becoming slaves who were brutalized by the Egyptians. Scripture tells us that the Egyptians felt threatened by the growing number of Israelites and decided to contain them through slavery. We also read about Pharaoh's attempt to murder every Israelite baby boy and how Moses was saved when his mother sent him floating down the Nile River where he was found and adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. The Bible tells us how Moses grew up in Pharaoh's home until one day he saw an Egyptian taskmaster beating an Israelite slave and he killed the Egyptian. That event led Moses to flee for his life, and he ended up in Midian, where he met his wife, Zipporah, and began life as a shepherd. The verses I want to focus on today tells us about the day in Moses' life that changed everything. It was the day that he saw a burning bush and received a mission from God to free the children of Israel from Egyptian slavery. The verses are Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, and I'll read them to you now. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush." Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called on him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. These verses tell us that Moses was tending to a sheep when he noticed a bush that was on fire, but wasn't consumed by the flames. He decided to go over and explore the strange phenomenon, and then God called to him. When Moses heard God's call, he answered in Hebrew, Hineni, which means, here I am. And that was the beginning of the conversation that transformed Moses' From an Egyptian outcast to the Savior of Israel. According to Jewish tradition, Moses wasn't the first person to see the burning bush. There had been other people, probably shepherds just like him, who walked by that very same bush. But Moses was the first person to stop and go over to check it. It's possible that the other people who passed by the burning bush didn't notice it because they were too busy rushing by or too preoccupied with the thoughts in their heads. Or maybe some people did notice the bush but decided to ignore it. Maybe they didn't want to deal with it and figured someone else would take care of the fire. Or maybe they were just too busy to take the time to see what was going on. Either way, Moses was the only person to notice the burning bush, to stop, to go over to it. And as a result, he was the one who encountered God. Scripture is very clear about the connection between Moses going over to the burning bush and God speaking to him. Verse four reads, When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him. One way that we can understand this verse is because the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him. Moses was present in his life. His mind wasn't wandering all over the place and he wasn't rushing to get somewhere else. He was able to appreciate an extraordinary phenomenon and he was willing to step out of his usual routine to follow what was important at that moment. And because of this, Moses had an encounter with God, an encounter that changed his life and all of history. This teaching is so powerful and it's so relevant to me and probably to most people in this modern world. It reminds us how important it is to be present in our own lives. We'd all like to think that if we passed by the burning bush that we would have stopped and gone over to it just like Moses did. But would we have? Are you sure you would have even noticed it? And if you did, would you have stopped your day, your busy day with your checklists and places to be to walk over and see what was going on? I want to tell you a true story that I once read about, how we often miss the most extraordinary things which are right before our eyes. One Friday morning, in a busy subway station in Washington, D.C., a man played his violin for 45 minutes. Over a thousand people passed by as he played, but only a three-year-old and six adults stopped to listen. Everyone else rushed by. At the end of the session, the musician had collected $32. Here's what the commuters didn't know. The violinist was Joshua Bell, one of the most talented musicians in the world. On that busy Friday morning, he played one of the most complicated pieces, and just a few days earlier, he played for an audience where the average ticket sold for $100. Joshua Bell agreed to play in the subway that morning as part of a social experiment about perception and priorities. He would play exceptional music in an ordinary place at a busy hour. The question was would people notice? The results of the experiment revealed that no, most people did not notice something extraordinary at a busy time in an ordinary place. People were blinded by their schedules and daily demands. They simply couldn't see the exceptional beauty right in front of them. Which leads to another question. If people could miss such unmistakable talent right before their eyes, what else could we be missing in life? How much are we missing because we don't have the time or the willingness to see and hear what's all around us? Are we missing out on inspiration, relationships, and joy? And is it possible that we could even be missing out on God? We live in a society that pushes productivity, that encourages us to work and work and work, and accomplish, and do every moment of our lives. Even our children are encouraged to take on more and more extracurricular activities, leading to even more hectic family schedules, and less time to just be with one another, with ourselves, in our lives. But we need to remember that sometimes the most productive things that we can do is simply to slow down to do less, and to be more. We are human beings, not human doings. And if we get caught up in doing things all the time, we won't have time to just be, to experience the beauty of our lives, to connect with God, and to actually see what's going on around us. I have a friend who once told me that she tries to spend a moment every day looking up at the sky. She said, I know I'm too busy when a whole day goes by and I haven't looked up at the sky. I don't know if the clouds are wispy or fluffy, dark or light, or if there are no clouds at all. Her words made an impression on me. It made me realize that if we don't have the time to simply look up at the sky and notice the beauty and changing godliness on display every day, how can we expect to notice God's presence in our lives? That's why I always try to pay attention to the sky. It was the last day of October and I was working in my home office when something outside my window caught my eye. I looked out my window and saw tens, maybe hundreds of large storks flying in formation through the sky. They just kept coming and coming after those two minutes where the storks kept on coming. I thought about how God is and how he sends us miracles and messages all the time. We just have to open up our eyes to see them. In ancient times, a Jewish prophet was referred to as an adult child. A prophet had the maturity and intelligence of an adult, but also the wonder and open heart of a child. That sense of wonder and awe is what allowed a prophet to experience God. And if we want to experience God in our own lives, we need to slow down enough to allow our own sense of childlike wonder to shine through, to open our hearts so that we notice the beauty and miracles and messages all around us instead of rushing right by them. But I also know from firsthand experience that sometimes even though we try not to overschedule and we try to make time for the things that matter most, sometimes we're just very busy. But even in our busiest times, we can learn to be present, to be mindful, and to be open to God's messages. I had an experience recently that will explain what I mean. I had a terrible cold, or maybe it was even a flu and it completely knocked me out for an entire week. I did what I needed to do. I canceled all of my appointments, and I rested in bed. As you can imagine, when I did go back to work the following week, I had a lot of catching up I needed to do. To say that I was busy is an understatement. My schedule was jam-packed. On one of those busy days, I went into Jerusalem to make up meetings and appointments that I had missed. And towards the end of the day, I scheduled exactly one hour for a specific appointment. And even though I could have used some extra time, I left as soon as the hour was up in order to join my next meeting, a phone meeting with people from around the world in six different time zones. I was standing on the sidewalk outside the building where I had my last appointment, waiting for my cab and listening in on the meeting, when suddenly I noticed a frail-looking elderly woman carrying a bunch of groceries. I put myself on mute. I went over to her and I asked her if she needed help and if she had a ride home. She said that she did, so I returned to my meeting and I waited for my cab. I was completely focused on what was happening on my meeting, but the whole time I also had my eye on this woman. A few minutes later, I heard someone come up to her and say that she had a move because she was blocking a driveway. I watched her struggle to bend down and pick up her bags, and you know what I did? I rushed over to help her. It was exactly then that my cab pulled up. And so I was on a call. I was helping her hold her groceries. I was trying to focus. And I realized that in this moment, the woman needed me. I excused myself from the call. I said I'd be back in a few minutes. I told my cab to wait. I went over to the woman. And as I was holding her bags, I looked at her and said, I'm taking you home now. You can cancel your other ride. You've been waiting for too long. This time, she gratefully accepted my offer. All of the worry from her eyes melted away, and I made a slight detour on my way to the office I could bring this sweet elderly woman home. The phone meeting that I was on when this was happening was about helping elderly and needy in Israel. I called back into the meeting and told them what happened. I apologized for needing to get off the phone, but I expressed that I realized the irony in it. What if I had been too busy with the meeting of planning of how we're going to help many elderly in Israel to notice the one elderly woman in front of my face who needed me at that very moment? It would have been sad to neglect the elderly woman in front of me because I had a call about helping elderly. I look back at this and I realize I would have missed God's message to me at that very moment. I would have missed a chance to be his messenger and to see his reflection in that woman's grateful smile. Just like God helps me every chance he gets, I want to help others when I'm able to. I was so thankful that I was able to stay present even when I was busy, on my phone call, and to notice what God was showing me in that moment, where I was needed now. There is a beautiful teaching from Rabbi Abraham Isaac Cook, the first chief rabbi of modern Israel, about finding God in the present moment. Rabbi Cook quoted Proverbs 3.6, which says, "...in all your ways acknowledge him." He explained that this verse teaches us that we come to know God through whatever it is we are called to do at this very moment. We serve God in many different ways. Sometimes it's through prayer, other times it's through an act of kindness, and other times it's by being our best at work. We can come to know God in all these ways. Rabbi Cook explained that if our job is to wash dishes at this very moment, we should embrace it because that's where we will find God. If an opportunity to do kindness appears at this moment, we should jump at it because that is how we will connect with God. God is never found in thinking about the future or the past or wishing we were doing something else. God is always found in the present moment, in opportunities to serve Him right now. If we want to know God, we have to stay in the moment, connected to the present time. In Jewish observance, mastering the ability to stay connected to the present moment is something that we practice every day. You might have already heard me talk about how Jews say a lot of blessings every day. There are blessings that we say in the morning that thank God for things we might otherwise take for granted, including the ability to see, to have clothing, to have strength, to stand up straight and even just for waking up to another day. Then there are the blessings we say on our food every time we eat. Each type of food has its own unique blessing. For example, when we eat fruit, we thank God for the fruit of the tree. And when we eat vegetables, we thank God for the fruit of the land. And then there is the blessing we say every time we use the bathroom, thanking God for a healthy body. There are also special blessings for when we see or experience a wonder of nature, For example, we see lightning, hear thunder, see a rainbow, even smell a delicious spice, or see the ocean for the first time in a long time. There is a blessing for every one of those experiences. In the past, I talked about how this practice helps us maintain a grateful heart. But another benefit of saying these blessings all day on every experience is that it keeps us present and mindful of what we are experiencing. It keeps us awake so that we don't miss out on the beauty of life or the presence of God. Saying these blessings forces us to slow down, even for a moment, so that we can become fully aware of what is happening in our lives, aware of our blessings, of our connection to God, and to the messages that he might be sending to us. As a wife, a mother of four children, and the CEO of a large organization, I know how easy it is to get lost our minds race to the future, to our worries and to our to-do lists, or we might find ourselves distracted by the things we didn't get done yesterday or by something else that happened in the past. But life happens in the present moment. God is in the present moment. And the more we can connect to the moment we are in right now, the more we will encounter God in our lives. In Psalms 118.24, we read, This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This verse reminds us that we need to approach each day as though it is the most important day of our lives. We need to celebrate each day and stay fully connected to the time we are in right now. This week, take some time to consider ways that you can stay mindful, present, and attentive to God's messages at all times. Can you slow down by scheduling in moments to pray and rest throughout your day? Can you take extra care to notice your surroundings, the sky, the people, and the beauty all around you? Can you look at your familiar surroundings with fresh eyes and discover something new? Or maybe you can use your meal times as moments to slow down, appreciate your blessings, and connect to God. God is right here, right now, in exactly what we're doing. And if we pay attention, keep a sense of wonder, and celebrate the moment we are in, we will see him, hear him, and feel his unending love at all times, just like Moses. Shavuot of my friends. Have a wonderful week from here in the Holy Land. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.